I had a taste of the kind of freedoms that I could have like on the weekend or when I had time off, I could go to Vietnam or I could go to Bali. And I realized like, this is amazing. And maybe it doesn't make sense for me to just be stuck in one place when I can do my job anywhere in the world. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, for years now, I've given you a ton of stories on remote workers and digital nomads on this podcast, but I've come to realize that many of you beginners are still unsure on how to take the first steps to creating a freedom lifestyle through online work. Maybe you've been too afraid to take the plunge or just don't feel confident enough to land that online job due to inexperience. Well, I'm excited to announce that I've created a new YouTube series called Trying Remote, where I try a new online job or gig every month month to give you a glimpse of what it takes to land a remote job. So if you need a little boost to try something new or just want to see what it takes to get started, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote. Again, you can go to theoffbeatlife.com slash trying remote to find our videos and to subscribe to our new series on YouTube. So please come and join me there so we can uncomfortably grow together. In this episode, I'm really excited to speak with Emily, who is the founder of Asian Wonder Women, a vibrant, tight-knit online thousand plus community of remote entrepreneurs, creators, and builders from all over the world. Emily is also a YouTuber, podcaster, and community strategist at Stripe. Originally from San Francisco, she spent the last two years in Singapore using Singapore as a launch pad to explore Southeast Asia. She has since transitioned to become fully remote to travel as a freelancer and consultant. So listen on to find out how Emily travels the world as a virtual consultant. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to speak with my guest today. I'm here with Emily. Hi Emily, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Hi Debbie. Hi. So can you tell us about you, Emily, and why you live an offbeat life? Basically in 2020, uh, during the COVID pandemic, I actually quit my startup job in San Francisco moved to Singapore and was going to take a gap year to travel. COVID hit and then I wanted to stay in Southeast Asia. So ultimately, I decided to stay in Southeast Asia, find a job, and then it ended up being a three-year stint. And then now I've started my nomadic journey, which is a four-point city rotation around uh, New York, San Francisco, Singapore, and Taiwan. Uh, This is something that I wanted to do, but I think a lot of people think this is a very strange thing to have and to build out, but this is something that uh, resonates with me. And so this is the offbeat life that I am living now. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. And during the few years that we've had the pandemic, so many people's lives have changed. And yours, it seems like, has too. Now you're able to do it nomadically. Was your job remote or did you want to do something that would allow you to be more nomadic? And that's kind of what drove you to do this. Yeah, those are good questions. Um, When I was in Singapore, I had worked for two tech companies and both of them had work uh, flexibility. So I could be remote if I wanted to. However, I had to be in Singapore. 
And that didn't really allow me the flexibility I wanted to like, you know, kind of travel and go overseas and whatnot. And it wasn't until I guess the second job um, when I was working at Stripe, which is a fintech company, there was a little bit more flexibility in that role. And I had a taste of the kind of freedoms that I could have like on the weekend or when I had time off, I could go to Vietnam or I could go to Bali. And I realized like, this is amazing. And maybe it doesn't make sense for me to just be stuck in one place when I can do my job anywhere in the world. And I, yeah, basically left Stripe after a year or so to also kind of just take a breather um, and figure out what my next plans were. But right now I am doing consulting work. So it's like 20 hours for my previous manager at the startup I used to work at. It's very flexible. I can have 20 hours wherever on whichever day in the week. And then on the side, I am building my own media business with my co-founder Ivy. And so that's what I've been up to these days. Yeah. And, and it's great because you do have that background that allows you to do that because most of the time when people want to start doing this, their nine to five is something that can't be taken on the road, or maybe they don't know how to do that. But because of what you were doing, it kind of was just like perfect combination of what you're doing now. And you're able to kind of balance it between still being a consultant and working with you know, people that you already know, and now you're doing your business. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and what made you or even drove you to start your own company? Yeah, definitely. Um, And I also want to preface to like, I think working in tech has its privileges as well. And I recognize that, like, honestly, I I can't, I don't want to say like, oh, everyone can do this like remote life thing. And (laughs) it's hard, you know, like, I yeah, so I I accept and I understand. I just want to like put it out there first. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) Yeah, but uh, I think tech has allowed me to do that. And I think I've been in community operations, community like strategy and management for a very long time. It's been my like background within tech, like doing like open source developer communities, um, building out tech uh, networking communities and like social communities. So I think this career progression naturally just led me to think about building one of my own. Um, And I think again in 2020, when everyone was like, very isolated and a little bit depressed with like what was going on. My friend and I were like, why don't we just create a Facebook group where we find like-minded women who are interested in building something of their own, likes to travel. And it was supposed to be just for fun. And then it just kind of grew organically. And now we're, there's like 1100 of us. So we're a pretty tight knit community. We do meetups in like San Francisco, New York, Singapore, Toronto, and Taiwan. So it's something that I think there's a lot of potential in and um, I'm really excited to continue watching it grow. And so um, those are the, that's basically what I'm going to be working on, building out like a multimedia company for this community. That's incredible. And, you know, you talk about the four cities that you go to and most people usually when they start going nomadic, they choose like the cheapest places and you seem to have <laughs> chosen like the most expensive spots, you know, like the Bay Area, New York City, like, oh my gosh, I'm like, oh, this that's pretty awesome because most of the time people shy away from it or they're from those areas. But you're like, oh no, I love this. What made you decide to go? for those four four cities that that you've um kind of been drawn to I will say uh, I'm not living the hot like the high life or the or the fly life I'm just (laughs) putting that out there like I'm doing this on a budget like even right now uh we're living in a Brooklyn apartment right it's one bedroom one bath for four thousand dollars but it's I'm doing a sublease so I'm paying one thousand us dollars for three weeks 
in this apartment and I'm also sharing it with my friend. So there are ways that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be a little bit more frugal. I want to be in the city, but there's like ways to make it work. Um, so yeah, I did it for New York because a lot of my friends live here now and there's a community here that I wanted to build out. Um, San Francisco, particularly because my sister lives there and I can live with her so I don't have to pay rent. <laughs> and then Taiwan because my parents also live there as well and they're moving there. Um, and Singapore just because I've, I've been there for the past three months and will or past three years and will continue building out my relationships there and uh, I have some business there. So yeah, it, I think once I explain it, it makes sense, but I'm definitely like, it's, these are expensive cities, but I like make it work under like a very frugal budget. So yeah, it's like kind of couch surfing, hopping around from place to place. I'm not living in a high rise in a condo <laughs> yet. No kidding. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, a thousand dollars for three weeks. That's super cheap in New York City. So I, yeah. I love that. I love how you're doing this because most of the time people think it's impossible to do that and you're actually doing it on a budget, you know, and um, either staying with people that you know and trust or you're finding something that is affordable for you, which I think is a shame for a lot of people because all of these cities that you had mentioned usually people try to stay away from because it is so expensive to do but if you can do it and if you're building a business like you are Emily it's such a good idea because of all the connections that you can get from these areas that you may not necessarily get from other places so I love that I love that you are able to work around this and you're like super honest it's like okay I'm not spending like a bajillion dollars to do this I just know how to make it work which is pretty incredible is that how you usually travel most of the time like you're very conscious about what you're doing you're about the places that you're staying and it's not just about places to see but also the connections that you're going to be making from it as well that's definitely um, a really great question because I feel like my style of travel has changed over the past couple of years, right? I think before it was like, oh, scrolling on Instagram, you're like, oh, this place is beautiful. Like, I'm just going to go and visit, which by no means is like, like, I mean, it was like a way to travel back then. But I think nowadays it's like, I kind of want to visit people who are already there, um, who can show me around or like host me. There's more like intentionality behind like the way that I want to travel, especially because I mean, travel also can be expensive. So I want to make sure that I kind of like get the most out of my time there. Um, but yeah, like using Hanoi as an example in Vietnam, um, I've always wanted to go to Vietnam, but then I found like I was choosing between different cities in um, Vietnam, but I found out that when my friends knock, who I met through my community, she lives there. She's there. She's a local. She grew up there and was happy to host us and even find us accommodation for cheaper. So it's like things like, things like that, that kind of help gravitate and like pull me towards a certain place. Um, just because I know that there's a softer landing pad when I go into this new country, there's someone who can show me around and like live a very local lifestyle. And um, I feel like I could just have a more authentic experience. Uh, so yeah, I would say that there's intentionality behind it now. Yeah. And you're right. There's definitely a change and a shift 
the with the way you travel as you grow older because it's like when you're younger you kind of just want to do everything check off the bucket list and then as you get older you're like okay I've gone to an x amount of places already like what really resonated with me maybe you went there and you really loved it and you want to go back or even slow traveling now right because like when you're younger it's all about like I need to get to as many places as possible and now it's just like oh my gosh it's too much how can I actually make the most out of this and I love how you're doing this and also like connecting your connections with the business that you have with the people that you know and that's the thing that most of us are really wary about is that who are we connecting with that we can trust you know especially if you're on your own that could be pretty scary for somebody that has never done it before either Agreed, actually. I think there was a lot of wariness and like hesitations around meeting people off the internet, to be honest, right? Like there's a traveling group as well called like Subtle Asian Travel, uh, where you can like meet people and just like travel together. And I don't know, I guess like during the pandemic, I just became a little bit more open-minded to like actually like, I don't know, like doing Zoom calls with strangers or like meeting them in person for coffee chats and whatnot. And maybe because it's like the nature of the business, like you just have to be better at like networking or like meeting people. But um, I think I've gotten a little bit more open-minded to like talking and meeting people online. But in terms of safetyness, I still am diligent and like background checks, like even the sublease right now that I'm doing, it's like a friend of a friend. Yeah. So it's, there's always a little bit of like background check that goes in, especially as like a female traveler. Um, there's a lot of things that my male friends don't have to go through that I had to, like even in New York, like getting like cat called on the street, like literally like two days ago, it was super uncomfortable. Um, or just like people invading your space on the subway and you're just like, okay, this is like way too close. So <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> like as a female traveler, there's a lot of things to be aware of. Yeah. New York is a beast on its own. And it what you know, when people talk about it, it's like New Yorkers are jaded. We totally are because uh, we've pretty much seen a lot of things and it takes a lot to rile <laughs> us. So they they had yeah. like this. Um, I think there was this short video. I forgot where I saw it either on YouTube or on Instagram where this guy he was an artist and he put on this suit and like you can't see his face and it was like it just covered his entire body. And then when the subway door would open, he would lay down and then people were coming in and it was a busy time and they just walk over him. They didn't even acknowledge him. <laughs> and then I was cracking up so much because I was like, that is a total New York City vibe. Like that's that's definitely New Yorkers. Like we've seen so many. So it's just like, okay, whatever. Just another day with a bunch of like New York weirdos that <laughs> we've come to know and embrace. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's just so natural. I think one of the other days too. Okay. This is terrible, but we saw like a guy like lighting a cigarette mm -hmm. on the subway. And then all of us were, kind, I mean, I was a little bit like, whoa, it's like getting smoky in here. You know, this guy's like lighting a cigarette. And then no one really says anything. They just like kind of look at him, like roll their eyes. And then there's one lady. She was like, no, no. Like she was like super straight up, like super like confrontational about it. And then he like put away his yeah. like little, his little lighter. And then everyone was like, oh, she's the hero we needed yeah. on this New York subway. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. There's, it's either, it. it's either like nobody cares and they'll just like not pay attention or it's like the total opposite where it's like, 
<laughs> bad it's like it's crazy so it's funny it's you either get one or the other it's always an extreme in new york city which you know love it or hate it but you know you gotta live with it <laughs> <laughs> i do like it though i love it a lot like these qualities of like new yorkers i'm like i come to appreciate and admire actually <laughs> yeah well well honestly that's what i love about new york growing up here because um, when you get real New Yorkers, and we get a lot of people from out of state, and it's different, right? The vibe is different when it's people from out of state. But when you have like people who are here, it's so interesting because they're very straight to the point. They're like no nonsense. But what you see is what you get. And they're so honest with you most of the time. And I just love that about New Yorkers because there's no BS. And, you know, that's one of the things that I really find so awesome about New Yorkers it's just like there's no fakeness to it they'll tell you what it is and I'm like I love that (laughs) I love that about New York (laughs) yeah I do too I remember like there was like this like kind of grumpy gruffy looking man um and I was like oh like he was like opening the door but then he like actually held the door open for us like a gentleman and then I was like thank you and he was like "Mm." like he was like okay (laughs) I was like okay I was like thanks but I was like you know he's like kind but he's like not trying to be nice yeah exactly he's just like yeah I just do this whatever leave me alone now don't talk to me though Exactly. That's that's pretty much New Yorkers as it is. Like they have kind hearts, but they don't necessarily want to talk to you. They just want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like they're here for two seconds. Yeah, they're, they're like gone. they're done. They're like leave me alone now. Okay, I did my good deed for the day. But yeah, I I love that that you're able to do this. Now, why did you decide to leave? these jobs that are you know for most people like this is what you want to do this is kind of like the American dream you get these great jobs why did you decide to kind of take yourself outside of that get a contracting job and then now pursue something for yourself because that's a lot harder than just you know getting a tech job that could maybe allow you to start working remotely why did you choose the path that you decided to to go to yeah, I think it was really down to the idea of like controlling time. Um, and it's true. I think the more I was working at that tech job, specifically like the second one, I was in a role that I had to be confined to my laptop because there are a lot of fires going on. There was a lot of like fraud. Like I managed a lot of like fraud cases, things that had to do with like risk. So I was like constantly watching my laptop. Like I really like even using the restroom, I felt guilty sometimes because I was like, I need to be like on call. I need to watch my laptop. So I I started talking to like other entrepreneurs and they're just saying like, they had built like passive income streams. Um, They were like selling digital products that would sell on their own. um, And they got their time back. And I was, we just like had, a lot of conversations around this and they were just saying like, I am very time bound where like, I need to be like available at my job from like nine to six. But for them it's like, they had something that continued to make them money while they didn't have to like pay attention to it. And so I realized I was like, what if, you know, I had a little bit more control over my time and I, like, obviously like building a, like a business, a digital product business is not easy. It takes years sometimes. Right. So I think for me, I was like, okay, the easiest way is like, maybe let me just try. I can just like leave this tech job, have some savings up and see what I can do. Um, And I think this current situation that I'm in is kind of perfect because it's like part-time paid opportunities and it's project-based. So it's like stable income right now. And then the other half is like, I'm trying to build up as much as I can um, 
for this business. But I think a lot of it is also like I'm very risk tolerant. Um, so I think, you know, maybe that's why I was kind of like, okay, like, honestly, if I, if this doesn't even work out, if this like blows up, I can always go back to a tech job. I think like I, I have the skill set that I can just go back to one, but at least I, want to, I just want to try. Right. I was like, if other people can do it, I can do it. Uh, but really it just came back. It came down to time. I was like, this sucks that I am forced to stare at my laptop like Monday through Fridays. Like I, I, like I felt bad using the restroom. So I think that's when I realized I was like, okay, let me, like something needs to change. And so yeah, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. And, and that's a horrible way to live, especially if, I mean, there are certain times in your life where you do have to do, to deal with certain things, right? Like if you have, um, you know, a family that you have to support, maybe you're in a lot of debt and you just have to like do what you have to do. But when you have that freedom, you're still young and you're able to do that. It's so much easier. But, you know, even people who have had like other things have done it before. It's just a matter of what you're willing to risk. And like you're saying, Emily, you're not afraid to take risks so that that is something that not many people understand about being an entrepreneur is that there is a lot of things that go along with it Um, and I love that you have that realistic knowledge and you know anything could literally happen right and um, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that I see with people who want to go into this is that they hear somebody say yeah you can do xyz And then they don't realize that it took these people like 10 years to get to that point um, and a lot of money and education to get to that. And um, it's it's something that really has to be said and, and these things. But I love that you're still keeping up with tech because you're doing contracting jobs just in case anything happens. And also you're still making money for yourself, but also balancing it with something that you're passionate about. Um, and that's something that could become your full time, um, maybe someday soon. So I love that balance between the two that you're able to do. Yeah, definitely. I think the the advantage of kind of still working at like a contract job too helps me stay relevant to the industry and continues to upskill. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's, I think like I never, like when people ask me questions about how I'm doing it, like I never prescribe anything um, because I'm like, what works for me won't work for you and vice versa. And to be honest, like, I think I'm quite transparent too about like numbers. So I like run a YouTube channel and it took me two years. I mean, I've been doing it for two years, but it took me like one year to monetize and then two years to even get it up and running and like even get partnerships. And like for full transparency, like even right now, like some of the videos get like a couple thousand views, et cetera. But like each month, it's only like maybe like 50 to a hundred dollars for AdSense. And then the money comes from like affiliate marketing and like actual partnerships. Uh, but I think people just have a skewed perception of like, oh, you run a YouTube channel and like you get paid. I'm like, no, like I had to work really, really hard. And like even the AdSense is like $50 per month, even after like hours of editing and like filming, like, yeah. So I think me actually doing it myself gave me a realistic view of like what entrepreneurship is. It's a lot of hours. Like it's not like, what, what is the meme? It's like, oh, I quit. I like, I don't want to do nine to five anymore. So I'm going to work for myself. And then it's like, now I work 24 seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think, I mean, for me, I'm like, I do like doing it 24 seven for myself. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just feels better. Yeah. Well, that's the difference, right? Like um, with a job, you're working for something that you may not be passionate about and it's 40 hours or sometimes it's a little bit more, you know, but for an entrepreneur, if you're doing something that you enjoy, um, it could be 24 seven, but at least it's something that you enjoy and it doesn't feel like work. And if you can find that balance, that's something that you're interested in and something that makes you money those are two really good things because um especially for creators most of the time like we just go towards something that we really enjoy but then don't think about how we can actually create income from this or you go the total opposite where you're just thinking about the money but then you don't really like it and then you end up not doing it for, you know, for a long period of time because you just burn out. So the the perfect balance between the two is is great, right? It's like it can't be one or the other. It has to have like a balance between creating income but also something that you can enjoy. But that for for most people that's that's the dream, right? That's the dream because it's hard. Sometimes it's also hard to figure out what you want to do with your life and you're like what if, what if I don't want to do this a year from now or et cetera? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the hot topics that has been circulating around like my community or like just my friend circles is like the idea of like, time, like you go on a nomadic journey, right? Like let's say, let's say you quit your like stable tech job and you go on a nomadic journey. A lot of people are like worried about like the opportunity costs um, or even like, if you know you lose time from like the people that you're close with maybe you like will distance yourself away from them you lose out on like a tech salary you it's just yeah there's like a lot to think about and I think while like you're like especially for me too like on this nomadic journey I think about like though I love what I'm doing right now I don't know if I could be doing this when I'm like like um, I don't know, like 40 or 50. Cause eventually like I do want to find a partner and I do maybe want to lay down roots somewhere and then maybe can travel like outwards. But um, these are like the difficulties I would say, like the internal struggles of being like, my identity keeps changing now because everywhere I go, I like a, ch- a little part of me changes. My ideas change or like my values change. Um, and then it's also like the people I'm meeting are changing me. And then I'm very confused with like who I am (laughs) or like what I want to be. Right. But I think I'm taking it day by day and I'm just trying to enjoy it right now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I I think that's the, it's, it's like the worst and the best part about figuring all of this stuff out. But the, um, you know, the one thing I, I was talking to my cousin the other day and she actually was saying pretty much almost exactly the same thing that you're saying, Emily. And I told her, you know, when I was going through that moment, when you're like questioning everything, um, I told her to just like try everything that you're even a little remotely interested in, because that's how you figure out what you don't want. And the more you figure out what you don't want, it's going to get you closer to actually what's right for you. Because I think, um, Sometimes it's easier to know what you don't want than what you want. You know, it's like, okay, I don't like this. I tried this. I really hated it. I tried this. I hated it. Okay, so now I know. Um, Because there's so many things that we're so afraid to try. But then if we just do it, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh. Okay, now I I feel good. I'm not going to be 80 years old and wondering what could have been if I had just tried it. I know I hated that stuff. (laughs) 
but but yeah and also like going back to what you're saying about the people that you meet and I think that's also another thing that's beautiful about being nomadic and traveling and meeting so many different people is that if you just stay in one community you're gonna have similar values and similar ideas but then when you go off and you meet other people it changes you as a person and I think that's another beautiful thing about being a human being and going through all this process and um you know you you go to four different cities I'm sure you're meeting a ton of people and everyone's you know even the cultures are so different even here in the United States west coast and east coast are so different you know oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's I, I think someone sent me this article about how um, generally, like, let's say you don't leave a place, right? You, you just stick with what you know. You are given certain conditions, whether it's like going to the same school with the same people, even like dating within the same pool in your city, or like, it's just, it's almost like you're confined by those conditions. And if you don't move or you don't try a different city, or I think that's why people gravitate towards big cities too, right? Because they want like something to change, like something to change, especially like if, something huge happened to them, like they got fired or like they got, they went through a breakup. Like everyone kind of just was like, okay, like F this, I'm breaking the conditions of like what I'm given and I'm going to make a huge dramatic change because something traumatic happened to them. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like an insightful article because that made me realize I was like, that's kind of true. Like there are people who just are, and it's totally fine too. Like you, if you're happy with the conditions you're given, but if you don't really venture out, then you don't learn outside of those conditions. So yeah, I guess I, where I'm going with this is like, if you want like <laughs> something new, you should leave, maybe change the conditions of like what you're given and try to create conditions that you want. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a lot of possibilities. And I also agree, like there's certain people, I know certain people that just love where they are, like they grew up in a certain area and they just love it. And sometimes I, you know, I wonder like, it must feel really nice to be that like secure about where you, where you are. Just know that this is a place for you because for, for people like us who want different, like a lot of different things, it can get really difficult, you know, because you're constantly questioning whether what you're doing is right, questioning what you're doing every single time. But then there are certain people that they just know exactly what their path is from like day one you know, it's not because other people told them to do. It's just something that they're passionate about. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so nice. Like, that that must be so nice to, like, <laughs> you know, be super secure <laughs> with that. To just know. Yeah. Like, huh. I'm like, I that know. must be so nice. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think someone jokes around. One of my friends, he's like, Emily, what are you running from? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe you're you're running towards yeah. something, but you just don't know what it is mm. yet, you know? <laughs> I'm running in zigzag. Yeah. I'm like, uh, uh. like, you're trying to go into every corner just to make sure I don't miss anything because <laughs> you don't yeah. know. You don't know what's hiding. But yeah, I love that. And I think it's just honestly just doing what makes you feel alive and what makes you feel like you have a purpose. And I think that's what we all want in our life, right? Is to find something that you feel like is yours and something that is a purpose that you're doing with your life. And I think when 
we are having that, uh, you know, like that crisis that we have in our life. It's because you're not feeling like you're doing something that is your purpose, what you're meant to do. Um, and, and for people like us who are always trying to run towards something and people think we're running away from something, I think it's because you still haven't found it yet. And you're still, you keep trying to look for something, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's fun, but it could also be really tiring <laughs> and um, exhausting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm enjoying like the slow, like slow mad, the slow mad travel. I think there are like different terms. It's like slow mad where you like travel slowly and kind of live in cities for long periods of time. And then there's like one called like home mad where like you stay in one home and then you travel out like travel out for long periods of time but then always have a home to come back to um i think eventually i want to become it sounds so funny home man um I know. <laughs> but i eventually would want yeah <laughs> i was like i would like to eventually get to that point where like i do have a home base and maybe like a little just a little nook right like a humble abode of my own that i'm like this is mine and this is my safe space and my little like my woman cave um but i can you know travel out travel in like however i would want to and maybe that would give me a feeling of a little bit more like security and like stability in my life, but also give me the flexibility and the freedom to explore all corners of the universe. So I don't know. Is that like something you're doing right now? Like I'm curious yeah. too. Like, no, that's yeah. actually what my husband and I do. So we have a house here in, in, in New York. And what we do is like we go and travel. Like um, once the weather gets colder, we like, you know, move along because we're both, you know, we both work remotely and we run our business together. Yeah. So we have our home base here in New York City and then we just go down south. Sometimes we go down, um, you know, go to the West Coast. And then once everything starts calming down more, we're we're definitely going to um, travel outside of the U.S., um, but yeah, that's that's what we do. And I love it. I guess that is that what they call it? Home mad? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, like there's so many terms now I don't even know I have to keep up with everything I'm like I'm just living life I don't know what's all these terms but sure I like that I think I saw on Twitter or something yeah and I was like oh this is relevant yeah when, yeah I do like that yeah, yeah. when when you were talking about it I'm like yeah I guess that's what I do I I'm in I'm, I'm like is it a hoe like a hoe or is it home I don't know I'm like either oh. way whatever I don't oh. care <laughs> I think it's a home ad, actually. Home, home. home ad. I don't know. We need someone to <laughs> emphasis on the home. I know. I'm like, is it hoe or home? I'm like, either way. Hey, listen, I don't mind. You know, I am for everybody, whatever. That's hilarious. So like, I'm like, yeah, I'm a home ad. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't quote me on this, the pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> either either way maybe you created something new who knows like emily created a, a new like terminology in the the nomadic world but i love that but thank you emily so let's move forward to maybe 40 to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life what legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for oh that is a very deep inquisitive question <laughs> uh Hmm. I think I would like to be remembered as like a connector, right? Like bringing people into a space where they feel welcomed, where they find the right people for them. Um, and also just 
taking the leap of faith or courage to kind of do whatever they want to do. Um, I think with the community that I'm building now, I think a lot of it is like building out the connective tissue and the ecosystem for women to feel safe, to be able to build the life that they want. So I think that's a legacy I want, like to, to be remembered as like someone who is like helpful and connecting people. Um, yeah, I think, and maybe when I'm at that age too, like maybe I, you know, I think I would be settled down and just happy, but still traveling. Um, but you know, having like, I don't know, a refrigerator full of those like magnets from all over the world and you know just hanging out with my dogs and then my dogs travel with me Aww. okay maybe I'm thinking too far but yeah, that's the life <laughs> I love that you know that's that's a good way of like looking looking at it and um you know and you're already connecting with like four different huge cities and you're meeting so many people. So you're definitely on the way there. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for joining us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I have a blog that I'm building out right now. It's uh, thefanggirl.com. So it's just F-A-N-G. I also have an Instagram as well, um, which is thefanggirl again, and my YouTube channel, which is also thefanggirl. But yes, you can contact me on all forms of social media. I will respond. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks, Emily. We really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Emily. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares what it's like dating as a digital nomad. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.